Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey everyone, thanks for stopping by. I'm eager to introduce a friend of mine from Disney Cruise Line. He is an actor, musician, storyteller, world traveler, spiritual guide, the music man, and dancing machine himself. Please welcome Mr. Carranzo Meeking. We discuss how the hustle and bustle of life can often distract us from looking inward, a practice that Carranzo has seemingly perfected. He imparts wisdom at every turn in the conversation, reminding me that anything that is learned can be unlearned. He has built a life thinking outside of the box and continues to embody all that is most authentic to who he is in everything he does. I realized by talking with him that these answers he has figured out are a manifestation of his tranquility, empathy, and his love of nature and humanity. And in a world plagued by chaos and misunderstanding, he proves to be a calm in the storm. Enjoy. Oh, okay, good, good. I'm excited. Let me ask, you know, what's uh, what's been going on? Well, you, you you moved to Atlanta. Yeah, um, it was it was around November of 2019, and it was right after I had just finished doing uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, and I knew I had been talking about Atlanta for a while. I was like, because you know, the industry is really growing. It's like everything is being filmed up there now. And I was like, you know, I just, as I said about adventure, I was like, I just want to take that leap of faith and just go up there and see see what I can do, you know, for myself. And because I feel like sometimes if you don't, if you don't step into the unknown, you will never know the full spans of what life can be or the full spectrum of who you are as a person. So I do like to call myself an adventurous introvert. <laughs> okay. Because I'm very, I mean, as you saw on the ship, you know, I'm very chill. I kind of keep to myself most of the time. And, you know, that's that's kind of the way I am for the most part. But there, there's always been that sense of adventure in me. Like, I love traveling to nature, hence a lot of my posts on social media. I love, like, exploring. And when I was doing a tour with uh, Disney Live a couple of years back, it was about two and a half, almost three years of me just touring the world. And in every country that we visited, on the days that we didn't have shows, I was always just out somewhere exploring. And it didn't matter to me that I made no little to none of the language. I didn't know anybody. I didn't care. I was like, this could be the first, last, and only chance that I'm here. So I just wanted to take that chance in life and just, you know, just go for it. And it was some of the most amazing experiences I ever had in my life. But kind of rounded back to what I was saying about moving up here to Atlanta, sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith. And I was like, you know what? I don't know where I'm going to live up there. I don't really know too many people. I'm just going to take that jump. And things just started aligning for me a good friend of mine that I used to perform with at Disney he lives up here and he had been up here for a couple of years and he was like just just come stay with me until you know things whatever whatever and so that's what I did so I was like oh okay I have a place to stay and so when I came up here I I was already like looking for like jobs to just work you know just to make money sure because I I definitely wasn't expecting like oh I'm gonna get up there and I'm just gonna land this big movie and TV show right off the bat and I was like um, I'm too wise on life to know that it doesn't happen that way because sometimes if you think that life is like mm, let me show you something right quick <laughs> so um, you know I just came up here and and started you know I got like a little job at a hotel and I actually started getting into the dog walking thing because I love dogs I was like hey get paid to play with dogs all day so I was like, okay, I can do that. And then a couple of months after all, after I moved up here and got all of that started, COVID happened. So I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> what have I done? And so, yeah. <laughs> and, it was, and of course, you know, the whole world shut down. And then, you know, us big 
performers, a main part of our job is big audiences, big groups of people, gatherings. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I was like, <laughs> so of course, you know, the whole industry shut down. Nobody was auditioning. Nobody was hiring anybody for anything. So I'm just like, mm, okay. So I had the little hotel job, and then that just kind of got put under the rug as well because, you know, it's a hotel. And, you know, that's also where a lot of people congregate, you sure, know? Yeah. So that kind of got pulled under the rug as well. But I had the dog walking still. So that became my main source of income. Wow. You know? So I was like, okay, I mean, still, I mean, it's a hard situation, but I still get paid to play with dogs. So I was like, okay, let's just do more of that, you know? So that was that was cool. And, and, and you know, as far as, like, how things have been going, you, you get a lot of lessons in life along the way. You learn a lot about yourself, in which I'm always open to learn more about myself because you never quite figure yourself out 100%. There's always room to grow and progress. So I was definitely open-minded to all of that. And I, I would say this past year has definitely been a great growing experience. Yeah. Mentally, spiritually, physically, you know, so... That's amazing. Wow. Thanks for catching me up, man. I mean, how have you sort of figured out how to spend this time like did you feel more like prepared i guess for this isolation than than most would you say oh yeah definitely because <laughs> <Definitely. laughs> a lot of the things that people would say like oh we gotta do this and we gotta do that and all of that and i was like well i've been doing that already <laughs> so <laughs> i was like this is this is no biggie to me you know and people are like oh i gotta stay in the house all day and i'm just like Okay, I do that a lot anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I'm not like dog walking or doing something or exploring, I'm pretty chill. Yeah. At home. Yep. Either watching my streaming services or playing video games because I'm a big gamer. Oh, love it. Different things like that. So I was like, well, I mean, ain't no thing to me. So I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's great. I mean, like, what does it mean to you to sort of look inward, I guess? Because, like, to me, it's like I think of this idea of practice. You know, like, if you want to get better at anything, you do it consistently over a period of time. You know, you practice. And I, I feel that way about sort of self-reflection. And this is the question. Okay, so, like, I was like, for me, how do you not get down on yourself in that process? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I, I totally feel where you're coming from with that. And I think... The fact that we live in a society that's so hustle, 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 go, 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 grind, 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 you know, sleep when you're dead, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's that conditioning that forces people to not look within. Because I think it, it kind of goes with the whole cognitive dissonance. Like, you know something is lurking beneath, but you're afraid to face it. And that was the thing that, that's one of the downsides of our societal conditioning. It's forcing people consciously and subconsciously to not look within. And I feel like with this whole pandemic, that's the blessing in disguise. It's, it literally like forced the hand of the world to like stop and check yourself within because it's necessary, it's needed. And given the state of our society right now and everything that's going on in just the United States alone, especially with this racism and all this stuff going on, like, it's forcing everybody to be like, damn, this is really what's been lurking beneath. We got a lot of work to do. So with this whole pandemic, I mean, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like weird at first, but the more I reflected on it, I was like, this was necessary. It was needed. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, in your process of, I guess, learning more about yourself and being open to whatever you may discover, I think, how do you remain sort of open-minded in that? And and I guess maybe a better term would be, like, non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of goes with the whole thing of anything that's been learned, it can be unlearned. Like, certain ways of thinking, certain ways of feeling, the pressures from outside of society you learn those things from the moment you're born like all of these rules and regulations 
violations are forced upon you from the moment you come out of your mother's womb. So it's not even giving you a chance to just just be. You know, it's like, oh, if if you're if you're black or if you're white or if you're a woman or if you're a man, you gotta think like this, you gotta dress like this, you gotta act like this. And A, B, C, D, and E, you know? And so for me, I've always had that little voice inside of my head, like, think outside of the box, think outside of the box, think outside of the box. And I've always been that way since I was a child. And I'm thankful that I had the type of mother that encouraged me to be that way. And even though, yes, I grew up in the church and I went to church every Sunday, I was in the choir and all this kind of stuff, but it was always that thing in me that was questioning everything. Like I was always questioning things in the Bible that I read, the preacher, the Sunday school teacher, the teacher at school. And sometimes it did push people the wrong way, but I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with them doing that, it taught me at a very young age to look within and be open to who I am. And it kind of goes with some of the posts that I had on social media with the whole feminine masculine thing. And it, it, it also kind of goes back with the whole societal conditioning. Like we're told that you are a man, you're supposed to be just masculine. And you are a female, you're supposed to be just feminine. And whatever it entails with each one of those, when people fail to understand that masculine and feminine energy, it's not really a gender, it's, it's just an energy. And it's within every living thing that we know of in the universe. Like within every man, within every woman, child, plants, animals, whatever, there's a feminine and a masculine energy. And with some people or some things, certain energies are more dominant and that's that's just the natural flow of things and it, and it kind of goes with that and because I know as a kid I always knew that I had a strong feminine energy and I had a femininity about me but I also had a strong masculinity about me as well but you know being a man being a male you're always told you're not supposed to be feminine so you have that pressure to suppress that side of you and of course, you know, with a lot of people who struggle with their sexuality, that's another whole thing and the whole religious thing. And, you know, it, it's a whole big list of things. But to kind of round it back to whole just looking within, like, it's just been a process that I'm very familiar with since I was a kid. And I'm, I'm very grateful to do that because it helps me stand out. And it, it, can, it can be a form of inspiration to other people. They're like, damn. They're like, this dude is not afraid to just be himself. And it hopefully sparks an encouraging inside of them to like, this is how I actually feel, or this is how I want to be. So I'm just going to do it, you know? Wow. So you, it, you know. It's so spot on, I, I think. I know for a while when I was a kid, I really just wanted to help people. And I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to do that. But I knew that was like the goal. And it's so interesting thinking back on it because that was the first thought I had before like career and anything like that came into play. And so now I'm finding in my adult life, I'm like, shit, well, how do I just return to that basic thought? You know, <laughs> like, well, how did I get so far away? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like you, you hit the nail on the head with that one as well. And same with me. Since I was a kid, I've always loved just helping people. I love being there for people. As a friend, as a family member, lover, whatever, you know, I love being there for people. I love seeing people succeed. And I do whatever I can to help in that process. Mind, body, soul, career, whatever. And I've just been that way since I was a child. But also to kind of intertwine it with my love of performing. I've always loved to dance, to play music. I've been a musician since I was 11 years old. And I used to watch MTV all the time at the house as a kid and watch people like Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, and just seeing what they were and the effect that they had on people through their artistry. 
their music and just them as people and how much healing that they were doing to the world through what they love that sparked that thing in me I was like that's what I want to do I was like I was a good kid in school I was good in all the subjects you know math science whatever and I was one of those kids I I mean not to brag but I was good at whatever I stepped my foot in and of course with other people and whatever there was always a tendency of jealousy a lot of times I had a lot of jealousy thrown my way and I would literally have people tell me oh you think you're better than everybody you think you're better than me and I was like I didn't say that at all I was like, I didn't even think that. I was like, that's you thinking that. But of course, you know, sometimes, you know, as a kid, you know, that'll hit you hard because you're just trying to be accepted. And with that being said, you know, it, it also planted that seed in me. Like, you know what? I don't give a shit <laughs> how you and your insecurities may feel. I know what my intentions are through what I want to do. If that, if, if my light is disturbing your demons, that's not my problem. Oh, that so, is it. Thank goodness you had that awareness. I I don't know if I can match you on that level in terms of when I was younger. I think that a lot of the times I did let the things that people said to me sort of embed themselves in my head. And I think what happened over time is that turned into my own sort of insecurity that manifested out of that. And you're right, man, because like I'm saying, you know, it's all for the best because I do feel like I took a trip around the world to get back to the same place. But had I not gone all the way around, I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn to land right back in this place of I know who I am. I know my intention. I know the stories I want to tell and the connections I want to make. What else do I need? You know what I mean? Like, that's it. You know, like, and and those people that understand you and connect with you, they exist. They have existed. You've already made these relationships. It's real. Why do we, like, doubt that, you know, we can be true to ourselves and, and other people will be okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like with the rise of technology and social media, it's definitely pushing a lot of people more into that narrative. I feel like we're so connected, but yet so disconnected. I feel like we're all connected through our social medias and all that stuff, but when it comes to real human-to-human, soul-to-soul interaction and connection, there's like, there's something missing. There's like a strong disconnect because it's funny how so many people can text you and message you big, long paragraphs talking about this, that, and all of the third. But the very second you step in their actual presence, silence. <laughs> and it's just like, hmm. Right. It's like, okay. And, and that's one of the reasons why I took that recent social media break, you know, from from January 1st, like when this year first started, I just got out of social media and didn't get back on until March. And it was needed and it was necessary. And I feel like people need to do that. Like, I feel like this world needs to do that. Just take a step back from all these things that's giving you a spiritual disconnection and just go reconnect somewhere. I mean, for me, I go to nature. Uh, just the other day, I was I was at. Uh, if, if you saw the post of me with the uh, the location of where they shot the Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. yeah, the morning that I went there, that's a very popular part. But the morning that I went there, it was raining, so nobody was there, and it was it was heaven for me. It was it was amazing because nobody else was around. It was it wasn't raining hard. It was just like a slight little rain. It was me beautiful nature just spiritual energy all around and it was just another way of me just reconnecting and looking within myself and of course you know I I filmed that little location area but you know just to kind of you know for people to see you know it was, it was the nerd in me <laughs> I was like oh man I was like this, this is where they shot it you yeah. know recently you know so you know plus I, I wanted to share it yeah. I, I thought a lot of people I thought a lot of people would get a, an enjoyment out of that but, but it 
know, also to go back with when I was mentioning when I traveled to different countries and different things, not just on tour, but also, you know, being on tour, it afforded me to travel on my own. Because uh, for my 30th birthday, I went to Ireland because I've always loved Irish culture and I've always wanted to go to Ireland. And I was like, you know what? I usually don't make a big deal about my birthday, but for my 30th birthday, I'm going to Ireland. <laughs> so I went there and I had one of the most memorable experiences in my life. And it was really cool. But yeah, like I said, with the whole traveling and all that stuff, it's my way of looking with them. Because I feel like, once again, with the rise of social media and technology and our possessional things and putting up this image and this front, I was like, okay, take away your fame, your notoriety, your riches, your luxurious lifestyle. Take away all of that. Who are you? What are you? You know, that's my question. So who are you? What are you? Can you even answer that question? Most people, most people usually go into silence. Yeah. Like so, so many people are so quick to, well, I'm this, I'm that, I do this, I do that, I got this, I got that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not gonna shit on anybody's blessings. Like, okay, push all of that aside. Look yourself in the mirror. Who are you? What are you? And most people cannot answer that question. And with that being said, I feel like I, I hear a lot of people say things like this about all the stuff that's going on here in America with racism and all of that. When they say things like, that's not who we are. I'm like, you sure about that? I was like, because what's happening now is nothing new. It's nothing new. It's just that it comes a shocker to a lot of people because it's being televised now. But I feel like a lot of people in America and the world are starting to see what me as a black man has been seeing all my life. I've been seeing this since I was a child. And my mother, my father, they've seen it since they were children. My grandmother, my grandfather, they've seen this since they were children. It's nothing new. So... When people say things about America, like, oh, this is not who we are, I'm like, mm, you need to take a hard look at your history and at yourself. So just to kind of tie it all together, yeah, I feel like this pandemic, it was a, it was a necessity. And now that a lot of things are, like, kind of, it kind of goes with the whole saying, like, what's done in the dark will come to light. I feel like a lot of things that's been done in the dark it's starting to come to life. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the upsides to social media now mm-hmm. because it's being a part of the light that's shining on all these dark things that's been hidden all these years. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was speaking with a friend of mine about this, about the whole election and Donald Trump and his whole thing and all that stuff. I was like... You know what? As much as I was not fond of that guy, he was a necessity. He was necessary because it it had to take somebody like him on top of a pandemic to really just like rip that Band-Aid off that deep, dark wound that's been here the whole time. I hate that it has to take such a tragedy to expose these type of things, but it was a necessary evil. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, as people, at least in in the reality that I'm used to, like, we're very reactionary. There's no, like, prevention or even, like, prediction or even just happening in the moment. It's all, like, after the fact. So it's like, it is a sad truth about this country specifically that a tragedy needs to occur for people to, you know, to get their attention. And, you know, something you made me think of, too, is, like, First of all, thank you for sharing your truth and everything. And, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, who am I? If you're going to be open to do that, inevitably, you have to be willing to accept the possibility that some shit you don't like is going, you're going to have to face that. Because I think a lot of people, myself included, you know, there are a lot of things about us that we don't like. And I think it's easier to just 
put that band-aid over it or gloss over it or just sort of push it under the rug than it is to really sit down with yourself in the quiet and and talk to yourself and be like who am i what do i believe what do i believe in and now at a point i think we all have the responsibility now to not just ask the questions but to say what am i going to do how am i going to hold myself accountable to make these changes it's something something i've been telling myself a lot it's it's almost become like a a daily reminder I say to myself you gotta go through something to get something in order for you to get great things or reach that light at the end of the tunnel you gotta go through the darkness you gotta you gotta walk through the fire you gotta go through the hard situations that's gonna knock you on your ass but if you really want that end result you you just gotta you gotta suffer through it and I was just telling my uh, my roommate uh, the other day, we were talking about these things that go along. And he's, a, he's a white guy. And so I told him straight up, I was like, look, I'm not going to be that black person that's like ranting and raving, talking about, oh, white people need to just apologize, this apologize. I was like, look, I'm not looking for apologies for the sins of your forefathers and your foremothers. Because what was done was done. We can't change that. But with all that being said, I say that kind of like what I was saying earlier about what was learned can be unlearned. Hatred and ignorance and a racist superiority complex and all of that, those things are taught. Those things are not like just ingrained in us. Like those negative behaviors are taught. That mindset is taught. And from the moment that those colonizing Europeans went down to Africa and started to do what they did and did the whole slave trade and all that stuff and how they grew into that whole white superiority kind of thing when they came to power that mindset was taught to their children and then their children taught their children and it just continued it was that generational curse that was continued hence why we're going through what we're going through now and that's one of the reasons why I'm very big on encouraging people to break the generational curse. You see the problem, learn from your history, face it head on. Don't push it to the side, don't put a band-aid on it, be like, look, we have a very fucked up past. This is what was done. But I always say like to my to my white folks out there, like, look, just be like, okay, this is what happened. This is what was done. This is what's going on now. But I need to educate myself and learn what not to do. (laughs) Grow from that. Progress from that. Teach my children that better mindset. Teach my family that better mindset. So therefore, they can go out into the world and be a part of teaching and growing and progressing. It's almost like taking the stone and throwing it in the water and watching the ripple the ripple effect just grow. I encourage like a lot of white folks out there, you gotta be the stone. You gotta be the stone. So when you touch down in that water, it's gonna ripple effect and it's gonna spread. And like teach your children, teach your families like, okay, this is the truth. This is the history of this country. And this is what's going on now. We gotta face it head on. It's the beginning process of making things better. And I'm not, when I say I call people out on things, I'm not just trying to call out white people. You know, I'll call out some black folks that's out there doing some crazy stuff. Because I've called out black folks in my own community for things that they're doing that's hurting the cause. I'm like, look, y'all are hurting the cause. You're not helping. You got to do better than that. So me, I'll call out whoever I need to call out. And to go back to what I was saying, like, I'm not looking for a white person to apologize. Like, oh, I want to apologize on behalf of my people. I was like, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm the type of guy, I'm, I'm a man of action. I was like, okay, you're apologizing. Thank you very much, but what are you doing about it? How are you educating yourself, facing the problems, and saying, like, this is our reality. So what am I going to do to stand beside my brothers and sisters 
in my own community and then so we can definitely make a, a strong great force so therefore we can link up to our brothers and sisters of color and create an even bigger force so therefore we can fight this crazy beast that we're facing you know there's this meme that I that I posted like last year it was like a politician at a podium and at the end of like this long like wooden plank kind of thing over a cliff and there was the people that was on the other end of that plank and it was saying something in regards to people don't realize their power like if the people were to move off that end of the plank that politician is just going to fall straight down the canyon but it it shows that the people who are in power they know this and that's why all this time they do whatever they can to keep people divided Hence, a lot of the things that that's in the media. That's why they say you can't believe everything that's on the internet. You can't believe everything that's posted on social media. Because it's just one of the many tactics that the powers that be use to keep people divided. Yeah. To keep themselves in power. Yeah. And I mean, it, and, it, and to, to bring it back to the whole like black community and all of that, I mean, there's a long list of what a white supremacist government has done to keep black people in the black community divided. Mm-hmm. I mean, the education is out there. Like, it's it's all out there. And even when I was in school as a kid, and I was, like I said, I was a good student, but I always did a lot of reading and research on my own outside of the school system. And when I brought that back into the school, and sometimes I would challenge or question the teachers you know, it'll kind of rattle them a little bit because I was thinking outside of the box, you know? And like I said, I've always been that way since I was a kid. To really show how much of a nerd I am, I, I used to hang out at the library as a kid all the way up through junior high, high school, even in college. When I was in college and I was like in between classes or whatever throughout the day and People would text me because everybody's at the student center, you know, kind of hanging out or whatever. And they would text me like, Carissa, where are you at? And some people like, he's probably at the library, you know, which I was. <laughs> like, all the librarians in the library, they knew me by name. They're like, oh, hey, Carissa. You know, so, I mean, it's just something I've always did. And I used to just read things that sparked my interest that had nothing to do with my curriculum or my major. I would just read stuff that just fascinated me and I would just walk up and down the aisles and if I saw a title that pulled my interest, I'm like, oh, what's this? And just start looking into it. And it's funny because also, you know, growing up, random things would be on TV or we would watch like random shows, documentaries, movies, or people talking about certain things. And just out of the blue, I'll be like, yada, 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 A, B, C, D, and E. And they're like, how the hell did you know that? And I was like, I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's in there somewhere. It just kind of, it just kind of brought it to the forefront, you know? Uh-huh. I tell people all the time, there's no telling what's inside of this mind. <laughs> <laughs> and when people tell me, people used to say to me all the time, they're like, Carranza, I just want to get inside of your mind. I'm like, oh, you won't survive. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things going on in my head all the time, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm that way, you know? But also, with that being said, that's another tool that kind of helped me to build the strength of mind to block out the chaos of the world. Because when you have a mind that's constantly going, it's easy to get lost in there. And as far as like meditation and things like that, it's not so much as like, you're trying to completely clear your mind. You're learning to control what's happening in your mind. It's, it's about the balance. So whenever there's like a lot of things going on in my head, I just kind of sit and just kind of stare off a little bit and just kind of like find that balance, find that center. And that's one of the ways I keep my, my Zen-like approach, you know, to a lot of things. Wow. You know, I mean, do I get mad and upset and pissy about things? Absolutely. You know, it's it's part of the human experience. Because a lot of times people are always like, come on, so how do you keep so calm and chill when everybody's like running around freaking the fuck out, you know? And 
since I was a kid, a lot of people have always seen me as like the calm in the storm. And I feel like that's one of my ways of serving people. You know, kind of like what you were saying about service earlier, you know, to kind of round it back to that. Yeah. You know, when the world was in chaos, I want to be the calm in the storm. I don't do the things that I do, or I'm not trying to be who I am to to brag or boastful or egotistical about it. I'm just trying to be an example of what we can be and how we should be to each other, you know, as humanity, you know. And it kind of goes back to one of the videos I posted recently about, you know, Jesus and believing and all that kind of stuff. And even though I'm not a Christian or anything, I don't associate myself with any religion, but there's so many great things within each religious practice around the world that we can all learn from. I feel like the scientific people can learn from the religious people. The religious people can learn from the spiritual. And we can all learn from each other instead of just bashing heads with each other. And as far as Jesus Christ... And to make reference to back to what I was saying about pushing things aside and asking asking the question, who are you? I feel like with Jesus, I feel like a lot of his hype is overemphasized because he was always said to be the holy son of God. And he did all these miracles and all this kind of stuff, which is okay, cool, great, wonderful. But push all that aside, who was Jesus? Whether you believe he was fictional or not, he was a good man. He was a good man, and he believed in just treating people right, doing right by people, being of service, helping out whoever he could in any way that he could. And that was it. (laughs) That's it. Miracles aside, Holy Son of God title, all that aside, that's who he was. I kind of take on that, too. Because a lot of people used to joke and say, even when I was in high school, the fact that I was a musician and people used to call me the music man, and the dancing machine and stuff like that. Uh, people used to say that I, I got—I actually got voted most likely to be famous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. They were like, yeah, they was like, dude, you're gonna be famous one day. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, the money would be nice. <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like, if that money come in like that, hey, it would be nice. And but, I mean, even with that being said, and when I said that I was moving to Atlanta, some people down there that I live with in Orlando knew from Disney and all that, they even said that too. It was like, when you get on TV and you're walking the red carpets, don't forget us. <laughs> I was like, is the universe trying to tell me something, you know? <laughs> but I was like, even with that being said, like, that's not my overall goal. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to be a celebrity because honestly, I mean, if those things come along, okay, cool. But that's not that's not my goal. My goal is to be the best person I can be, mind, body, and soul, and do the things that I love and be authentic to who I am and what I'm doing through my artistry, and hopefully inspire, move, touch, whatever people out there in the world, and inspire them to look within themselves and be the best they can be in whatever they decide to do. Yes. All that notoriety, you know, the Oscars, SAG Awards and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, if that stuff comes along, cool. Okay, fine. But that, even if I don't ever get nominated for anything like that, that, that's not going to bother me. Yeah, it's not going to change your intention and your your pursuit. Yeah, because honestly, like, a lot of the things I've always wanted to achieve in life, I've already done those things. It's just that at this moment in life, I'm just trying to take it to that next level. You know, uh, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to perform and dance and act or whatever on big stages and travel the world. I've done that. Check. <laughs> yeah, and not many people can say that they've been to over 20 countries, 20 plus countries in their lives. And I had an amazing experience in each one. And I have friends and all that in each one. And there are some things that I've gone through and experienced in each place that I can't even describe. I'm yeah. like, you, you just have to be there. And 
also, you know, as far as like, you know, me being a performer, you know, whether we're singers, dancers, actors, whatever, I like to call all of us, we're storytellers. We're storytellers. Yes. And I'm just trying to be the best storyteller that I can be. And everything that I've done, I always get great praise for it. Like whatever roles that I've done, whatever shows I've danced in, whatever ensembles that I've played for, whether it's orchestra, jazz band, whatever, always get great feedback. And I've had many of people even tell me, like, dude, when I was watching you, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. Like, or you posted on social media or something you did when you did this, it inspired me to have my come to Nirvana moment, you know? And it's things like that that makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile. Because I'm doing something within my that's true to me that's helping them get to where they need to be. And once again, it's the ripple effect. Yeah. And one day when I'm up on that TV or whatever, you know, big screen and all of that, you know, the whole bougie stuff, bougie lifestyle and all that. I mean, I was like, look, luxury is cool, but I don't care about all of that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to have this big mansion on the hill, fancy cars and all of that. I'm like, I just want a nice little place that I can call my own, have a nice car, nice, good conditioned car to get me point A to point B. Yeah. All cars serve the same purpose. <laughs> they get you from point A to point B. If we can do that, you're good to go. <laughs> and um, I mean, of course, like I said, having a good little, good little amount of money in the bank, you know, just to have, just in case times do get hard, you have a little something like, hey, I'm, I'm okay for right now, yep, you know. Yep. And so, also with that being said, like I want to be able to, you know, still look out for my family, yeah, still look out for my friends and anybody that I can help. Like I said, even then. I still want to be of some service of some sort. Yeah. But like I said, only, only time will tell. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess to me, I have a question. Does that ever get into your head like running out of time? Or, or I guess maybe I'm answering my own question now because if you're clear with your intentions and you ultimately know your your greater purpose to serve other people and to tell meaningful stories, then I guess there is no such thing as time. So maybe, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I, I totally feel you on that and, and with that question. Uh, that's the thing. It goes back to the whole social conditioning in our society. They tell us, you, 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 you gotta, gotta be this way, you gotta act this way, you gotta dress this way, you gotta have this, you gotta have that by such and such age. Because if you don't, you're a failure. And, and to me, like I said, that's complete and utter bullshit. I said, because, because I understand, I understood since I was a kid that everybody's walk in life is different. Everybody's path is different. Some people learn lessons early on in life. Some people learn their lessons later on in life. But at the end of the day, as long as you learn the damn lesson, and as long as you're progressing, it's like the tortoise and the hare. I always said that I was the tortoise, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, because I know from my life, I've already done things that people would kill for. Yeah. And I'm only 37. Yeah. And some people say, oh, if you're not married with children by the age of whatever, you're, you're a failure and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, like I said, all, all, all that stuff, I've just always seen it as bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, I will get to whatever point I need to get to when I fucking get there. <laughs> Uh, are, are you familiar with the actress uh, Taraji P. Henson? No, I don't think so. She was in that movie uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, okay. And she was also on the TV show uh, Empire. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she, she's a well-known actress, black uh, actress. She's one of my favorites. She has a larger-than-life personality. She's really funny, and she's really talented. But I was just looking at one of her acceptance speeches for an award she got. I was looking at it last night. She was saying when she was in college, she had had a child. And people were telling her, oh, you have a kid now. You will never finish school. You'll never graduate. She was like, she walked across that stage getting her diploma with her son on her hip. 
And then once she came to Hollywood, she, when she came to, I think, LA, she was like 26 years old. She was like, people were telling her, you have a child, you're too old. If you don't really make it big by the age of 25, you're done. She said, I only had like $700 in my pocket. I had my son on my hip and things started for her then. And at the moment that she was giving that speech, she was like, I am 46 years old right now. I am just starting to scratch the surface. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. That's it. I was like, that time, that, that timing that society tries to condition us to feel, I was like, fuck that shit, man. Yeah, man. It is so important. We have to remember, I feel like I'm reminding myself on a daily basis that this society that we are raised in does not encourage us to discuss these kinds of things. Yeah, I've always said, since from the moment we're born, we are equipped with everything that we need. It's just that the journeys that you take in life unlock those things when the time comes. Like when people are always praying for strength, I was like, you have the strength already. You have it already. And this is the thing that's helping you to unlock that strength that's already within you. So why are you asking for something that you already have? You already have it. It's there. Wow. Um, this bad situation that you're facing right now is just the very key that you need, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and growing to who you are, growing in your authenticity and all that kind of stuff, and whether it's your sexuality or anything like that, yeah, that's, a, that's another topic in regards to that as well, you know? Finding your authenticity in regards to that, and it kind of goes back to the femininity and masculinity thing that I was saying. Because since I was a kid, that was another thing I noticed about me. I was different from the rest of the guys. And I struggled with my sexuality over the years. I was like, well, am I gay? Am I straight? What am I exactly? And it kind of led me to just not put a label on it because sexuality in, in general, to me, is just an energy, just like femininity and masculinity. It's an energy. There's no true gender to it. So I just let it flow and be what it is, you know? Some people put labels on it. I was like, okay, have fun with that. <laughs> Uh, are you familiar with Jeet Kundo? No. Well, Bruce Lee, the almighty Bruce Lee, he created this concept of martial art called Jeet Kundo. And it's basically more of just like being in the flow of things. Because he's always talking about being like water. You know, water takes on the form, the shape of whatever it's in. You pour it in a glass, it's the shape of the glass. You pour it in a bowl, it's the shape of the bowl. You pour it in whatever, the shape of whatever, you know, it takes on the shape of whatever situation that it's in. And that's the whole concept of Jeet Kune Do. And that's kind of a mindset that I have. I just take on the form and shape and just flow with whatever life throws me in, you know. Wow. To me, the word that comes to mind is like fearlessness, because you truly do have to be without fear to embrace that idea of flow yeah and and once again like I said I I feel I will be an example of how we all can be we can all be that way if we just try I was at a comic convention a couple years ago and I was in my cosplay as uh, the character Dalzine from Street Fighter Okay, the Indian guy Uh that blows fire and the reason why I chose to cosplay him because he's so much like myself He's all about peace and harmony and all those things and meditation and all, you know, finding that center. You know, that's who Dalzim is. Aside from the fact of being very stretchy, you know, he stretches his arms during his fights and all that stuff. But I remember walking up to a friend of mine and he introduced me to a friend of his. He was like, this is my friend Caronzo. He's the universe personified. (laughs) I was like, I didn't, I didn't know how to respond to that. I was like, wow. Oh, shit. I was like, I've never had somebody describe me as that. The universe personified. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I've had so many people come up to me throughout my life and tell me, when I first met you, I was scared of you. <laughs> or I was 
or I was intimidated by you, or I didn't know how to take you. I couldn't quite figure you out. People t- always told me that. They said they couldn't figure out whether I was gay or straight or bi or whatever. They couldn't figure out what this was, like what kind of person I was. They, they couldn't figure me out. I was like, you're, you're just a long list of people that have been saying that yeah. since I was little. And then people used to also jokingly say that I have the voice of God, you know. But, <laughs> right. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, and they also used to say if if James Earl Jones and Morgan Freeman could create a child, I would be that child. That is basically the son of God. So like I mean I that is so funny, man. That's so but it's so interesting because I think it's a beautiful thing that people can't figure you out. I think it's a beautiful thing even that people are intimidated by you because what they're really feeling is just this idea of will I ever be able to be like this person? You know, like, and it's, you are an inspiration. You are. Well, I'm, I'm trying. Every, every, day is, every day is another step forward. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. And, and that's part of the fearlessness too because... Despite what you go through, no matter what comes your way, no matter what your given circumstances are, you have found a way to continue to take the next step, whatever that is. Just put one foot in front of the other. And I'm seeing now through you, I'm seeing now that if you if you commit to that for a long period of time, you you gain an understanding about yourself. And, and I see that through you. And it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I mean... I know there's a lot about me that a lot of people don't know, but I'm very big on sharing things as well. Like I like I like to share my spirituality. I like to share my thoughts and feelings on certain things, and I like to be true and authentic. Hence, why I post the things that I post on social media. To kind of go back to the social media thing, it's so easy for people to create a whole persona that's not authentic to who they are. It's so easy to create an image because that's what people want. That's what people feed off of. That's the society we live in. But I was like, I'm not going to sell my soul in that in that regard like that. And, you know, in regard, in regard to the industry, you know, people are quick to say, you know, people sell their souls to get this and get that and be this and be that. I was like, well, I'm not that dude. If you're looking for me to sacrifice who I am authentically, then I'm just going to turn around and walk the other direction like no I'm not doing that shit yep. that's that's not me and with the social media thing like all the things that I post in regards to like spirituality and nature and doing all of this that's not just some image I'm trying to create that's just authentic to who I am yep. that's what I love and that's what I love sharing with people you know yeah. so when it comes to like people I can sense people's energy very easily and that's, that's one of the good things about being an empath. I can sense the bullshit from a mile away. I feel it from the very few first seconds or minutes that I meet someone or just even in the presence of someone. And it's funny because my family and my friends that know me very well, they have a tendency to stare at me sometimes in social settings because they kind of see me just kind of standing back, just kind of scanning the room and sensing out people's energy. And one time, it was funny because it, it kind of happened on the ship too. And we were at the, um, I forgot the name of that, that fancy restaurant that everybody loved. Oh, shit. Oh, Paulo. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so it was the night that myself and a couple of the people from uh, the Marvel cast that were there and you know we were all cool and good and it was funny I ended up sitting like at the head of the table and um and some people were jokingly saying like that that's your throne of course that's your throne <laughs> so you know and we are your subjects you know but uh, I was like no nah. I was like this is equal this yeah. is equal you know but um I remember like one of the one of the servers came in there was like two servers one of them came in and they were saying this and that and I noticed out the corner of my eye that Ty and Caleb were like staring at me while I was like looking at this person 
and I was just staring at them. I was like reading their energy. And then after they walked out of the room, I shot my eyes over really quickly at them. And they were just like, oh, they kind of jumped back a little bit. And they was like, what were you feeling? They was like, what were you seeing? I was like, mm, they, were, they were trying a little too hard. <laughs> I was like, I was sensing something. I was like, I was like, mm, there was something a little off-putting about that. But that, that's, just, that's just one of many examples. But the thing is with a lot of my friends and family, they used to go through the Caronzo tips. Whenever they had like a new boyfriend or a girlfriend, and people used to say, oh, have they met Caronzo yet? So I was like, for some reason, I was like the ultimate test. And whenever I would meet this person, within like the first few seconds or minute, it would kind of be like a yay or a nay. Like, they'll, like the whole time, like my friend or my family member, they're like looking at me like, oh God, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? And then after, you know, everything is said and done, they're like, so what do you think? Sometimes I'll just be like, I'll shake my head. I was like, no. I was like, that energy was very, very, very dark. I was like, something was, something was, something wasn't right. I was like, that energy was a little too off-putting. I mean, by no means was I ever unkind to this person. For sure, for sure. I, I will always show kindness, but for a lot of people, I was like, no, that energy is too off. Yes. And some people, some people were like, yeah, yeah. they cool, they cool. I like them. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, I was usually right. Yeah. I helped a lot of my friends and family dodge a lot of books. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, I, and, and it's just one of my ways of trying to encourage people. If you really just take the time to center yourself and get in tune with who you are authentically, you can do it for yourself. You, you definitely got to come to that self-validation. For me, now in my present moment, Getting outside validation and comments and this, that, and all that stuff is cool. But if it doesn't come in, that's cool too. Yeah. I can look in the mirror and validate my damn self. Yeah, yeah. Damn. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I really appreciate you, Karanza. Thank you for your time, man. And uh, yeah, let's let's chat again real soon, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. I love you too, man. I love you so much, man. All right. See you. Okay, we made it. So much to think on, to digest. Uh, Caranzo is such a special person. I wish you could have seen him on camera when we had this conversation, but you know, I'm sure you could tell just by listening to his voice, he is the definition of chill. Like, not aloof, just absolutely relaxed, centered. The first thing that really stuck out to me was this idea of being a stone tossed into water and the ripple effect that naturally comes afterwards. If a literal stone, an inanimate object, can have such a drastic impact on nature, what makes us think we can't do something monumental, something extraordinary? I think we limit our potential because we fear its cosmic reverb. The blast from our expression of our true selves might be so great that there is no recovering from it. Imagine that. We could actually change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we behave, and the way others think and feel and behave, just by zeroing in on what matters to us, on what we love and never bending or breaking or being persuaded to change because you're misunderstood. To actually commit more to yourself when it's hard, when it's unsupported, and continue to look inward and find your center. Caranzo says it so simply and honestly, I will get to whatever point I get to when I fucking get there. <laughs> that statement is direct and clear, and yet it's not specific because no one knows the future circumstances we will find ourselves in. We can picture our future and plan for it, but we can't know. I've talked a lot about this idea. This is just an interesting additional take on it. Wherever I'm going, whenever I get there, it's far less significant than 
who I am along the way and what I am, what I am to other people along the way. We ask for a lot. We hope for a lot. We want so much to come to us. We forget how truly remarkable we already are. We forget how great of an impact we've already had and can continue to have on those around us. So let's pause, give ourselves a big hug, and get back out there. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, write comments and reviews, and share with friends and family. The best place to reach me is on Instagram, at Sharon Feelings. Message me anytime. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Share.